We are on Tzubis Chafavah Manalv 26A3 in the article Gemara. And this will be our last class on the Mishnah that we've started off with already from Chav Gimel, from Daf 23. Um, and the Gemara now focuses on the last part of the Mishnah. There was an argument between Rabbi Lazar and others, and Rabbi Shem ben Gamliel, and others. Rabbi Lazar said that we really, we believe one witness to say that somebody's a Kohen, at least with regards to giving them Truma, that we could give them now Truma, we believe one witness. However, when there are Ororin, when there are cha- there's a challenge, when there's some reason for us to be concerned, so then we require two witnesses. So the Gemara is going to say, well, even those that argue on Rabbi Lazar, they agree to this idea, that if there's a, there are challenges, that if there's a concern for, we'll see what the concern is, but if there's a real concern, so then we would require two witnesses. So what exactly does Rebbe Lazar disagree with? What are they arguing about? So let's see this in the Gemara. Rebbe Shimon ben Gamliel, Haina Rebbe Lazar. Rebbe Shimon ben Gamliel, who's the last opinion that's quoted in the Mishnah, he just says that we accept one witness. He's the same position as Rebbe Lazar. Everybody agrees that if there's a challenge, so then we require more than one witness, we require two witnesses. So the Gemara suggests one answer, but the Gemara then quickly rejects it. Maybe it's about the following case. Let's say you have one witness who comes and says that this person is a disqualified Kohen. He's a Chalal. He's the child from a relationship between a Kohen and a somebody who's divorced. That's what the one witness comes along and says. And then you have another witness who says that, no, he's really good. I know that he's good. He comes from a good lineage and uh, he's a good Kohen. He's not disqualified. So if that's the case, that's where they argue about. They argue in that case where you have one witness saying that he was disqualified. Can't be. Where it says they can't be. Oh, first it explains. The Rabbi Lazar suffer irichad. Rabbi Lazar holds that a challenge is even if you have one witness challenging it. The Rabbi Shimon Gamliel suffer irichay. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says, no, even if you, know, you need specifically two witnesses in order to create a challenge. How could that be the argument? Vahama Rabbi Yochanan deriakol in irapachos mishnayim. That can't be the argument because Rabbi Yochanan says that everybody agrees, whether it's Rabbi Lazar, whether it's Rabbi Shimon Ben Gamliel, everybody agrees that in order to create some sort of challenge, you need two witnesses. One witness would not suffice, which would mean that at the end of the day, everybody agrees. Let's say you have one witness who says that he's a disqualified Kohen. Not a good Kohen. His father might be a Kohen, but his mother was somebody who was previously divorced. So this child is a Chalal. He's not a, he's a disqualified Kohen. That's what the one witness says. The other witness, so first of all, even that alone, if the father is a muchzak, if he has the reputation of being a Kohen, he's established as a Kohen, so what that one witness says, does not. we don't take into account at all. We don't care what that one witness says in terms of disqualifying. So that one witness is viewed as, as basically meaningless. He's not, he's not taken into consideration, which is a fascinating idea. We will consider one witness to say that a person is a Kohen in a question of doubt. We'll accept that one witness to say that he is a Kohen if we don't know anything about this person. However, uh, for a witness to say that he's disqualified, that we won't accept. We won't accept at all. That doesn't even create a challenge, which is a fascinating idea. So what's the case? So what do they argue about? What is Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Shem Gamliel arguing about? The following case. It's about a specific case. Excuse me. We know that his father was already established as a Kohen. The father is a Kohen. The question is, what about the son? 
is the son a Kohen or is he a Cholol? Or is he the son of a of an illicit relationship between the Kohen and his mother? So Nafakala There was a rumor. There's a rumor that's out there. Um there was a rumor that was out there that he is Ben Gurusha Ben Chalutzahu, that he is a Cholol. He's the son of somebody who's divorced. Or of a Chalutza, which is a rabbinic the form of a divorce. Uh, so what did the court do? The court said that until we find out, we have to, this is a good enough challenge. One witness doesn't work to create a challenge, but a rumor, a, 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 a serious rumor, so then that does cause a challenge. And therefore the court said, you know what, we have to put this person on hold. Until we figure out exactly what's going on with this person, what the status of this person is, we cannot allow him to be a full-fledged Kohen. What happened? So one witness comes along and says, I know that he's qualified. He's a good Kohen. So you have one witness saying he's a good Kohen. So after that one witness comes, the court then says, you know what? You're, he's a, we have one witness. He's a full-fledged Kohen. He goes back to his original status. And then after that one witness comes, now you have two witnesses who back up the rumor. They say that he's a halal, he's the child of a Kohen and somebody who was divorced. So then the court demoted him from his Kohen status. Okay, so it's rumor, his father's established as a Kohen. Rumor, then there's one witness that says that he's a Kohen. There's another two witnesses that say that he's not a Kohen. Finally, you have another witness, second single witness, who says, And he says that, I know that he is a full-fledged Kohen, that he's a he's he's a good Kohen. So the two the two single witnesses, one before and one after, they could combine together to uh, to establish him as a Kohen, and that would work to establish him as a Kohen. Now, as an aside, the question is still in the end of the day, even if you want to combine those two witnesses, you have two witnesses who say that he's a Kohen, you have two other witnesses who say that he's a disqualified Kohen, that he's a Chalal. So why pick one over the other? This is a question that's asked by all of the all of the commentators. They all ask this question, why should, why should we believe that he's a Kohen? So according to many commentators, they explain that the reason is, is because we'll go based on the status of the father. When we don't know what to do, concept of status quo, we don't know what to do. We have this uh, clash between witnesses. Two witnesses say that he is a Kohen. Two witnesses say that he's a Chalal. He's a disqualified Kohen. So follow his father. Follow his status quo, which is his father. His father was a full-fledged Kohen. So then he too will be viewed as a full-fledged Kohen. That's how many understand this. That will go based on the status quo. Rashi has a very interesting take, which is uh, many have discussed. That Rashi says that, no, we go based on the status quo, not of the father, but of that first witness. The first witness to come said that he was a Kohen and a qualified Kohen, and so therefore we'll go based on the, what he first established, not necessarily what the father did, or what the father established as, but the witness, the first witness who's testifying about the son himself, so then he's really the the status quo goes based on, based on him. Just an interesting Rashi. Uh, so anyways, you have a two versus two, and we follow the Chazaka, whether it's the father or whether it's the son, based on the Testimony of the first witness. Uh, you basically have two versus two. You had the rumor, which said that we have to put everything on hold. Then we had the one witness saying he was good, so we made him into a good Kohen. Two witnesses say that he's a Chalal, so we said that he's disqualified. And then we had one witness who said that he was a Kohen, so he could combine with the other witness to make it two versus two. And then we follow Chazaka. So the Gemara explains. Everybody agrees that the one witness who first testified, who said he was a good Kohen, and the one witness who came in at the very end and said that he's a good Kohen, 
they could combine testimony. That's not a, that's not the issue on the table. Everybody agrees to that. Vahacha b'meichos lezilusa debeidina kamefligi tanakama savar keva daachtine lo maskinan lei chashin lezilusa debeidina from Shem Gamliel savar on an achtine lei banan maskinan lei lezilusa debeidina lo chashinan. Essentially, what are they arguing about? What's Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Shem Gamliel arguing about? They're arguing about this case. According to Rabbi Lazar, uh, he's going to hold. That once they uh, put him down from his Kohen status. So for us to keep on moving and say, you know what, he is a qualified Kohen, he's a disqualified Kohen, qualified Kohen. So that looks like Zilusa de Medina. That's a disgrace to the court. It looks like they're just fumbling with the issue. They don't really know what the judgment is, which is not actually true. It's just because of new evidence that comes to the table. But from an outsider's perspective, this looks like uh, uh, a disgrace to the court. So therefore, we're going to say, you know what? You cannot, we, according to Rabbi Lazar, we cannot change the court's decision. Once already, there's different ways to phrase this based on the different commentators. But let's say, according to Rashi, once we've already changed our mind twice, right? We've changed our mind twice. <coughs> Excuse me. We said that he's a Kohen based on that one witness. And then we said we had two witnesses who said that he's not a Kohen. Sorry, he was he was disqualified twice. The call, the rumor says that he's not a Kohen, so he was disqualified. Then one witness comes and said he said he is a Kohen, and then he had two witnesses who say he's not a, he's not a qualified Kohen because he's a Chalal. So already twice he was uh, he was uh, established as not a qualified Kohen. So then you can't change things. That's Zilus de Medina. You can't further. You can't change things, even if you have new evidence. You have new evidence; it doesn't make a difference. You cannot change things because it looks like the court is just. Flip-flopping around, they don't really know uh, how to decide this case, and we don't want that. We want uh, the court to be viewed as well established and that they know. So, out of this concern, we're going to say, according to Rabbi that he cannot be viewed as a qualified kohen. We won't change it again. However, according to Rabbi Gamliel, no, we could we could put them down, we could demote them to being not a, a, a qualified kohen. We could raise them up to say that they are qualified. We could go back and forth. We are not concerned for. Um, the big question is Rav Ashi's question. Rav Ashi asks as follows. What did Rabbi Lazar say in the Mishnah? That if there's a challenge, and it seems to me that the challenge I'm referring to here is the concept of Zilus and Medina, that it's a disgrace to the court. So then he says one witness isn't good, but two witnesses are good. So what's the case? You're going to tell me. The father's established as a Kohen. Now there's rumors out there that the son is a Cholol. One witness comes along and says that no, he's a good qualified Kohen. Two witnesses say that no, he's a Chalal. So now you have two other witnesses who say that he's a Kohen. Are you going to tell me that we believe those two witnesses? What happened to the concept of Zilus de Medina? The whole issue here is that it looks like a disgrace to the court because they keep on changing their mind. So who cares whether the last witness was a single witness or whether it was two witnesses? At the end of the day, it keeps on changing. We shouldn't believe just because we don't want it. We don't want to change the ruling all the time. We cannot accept the two witnesses. So how could Rabbi Lazar and the Mishnah say in a case where there's a challenge, we believe two witnesses but not one witness. In this case, if the last one is not really one but it's two, we won't believe that those those people either. Not because we won't believe them, but because of this principle of Zilus de Medina. It looks like uh, this is a disgrace to the court because it looks like they keep on switching their minds. So even if you have two witnesses at the end, it should be a problem. So how could Rabbi Lazar and the Mishnah say two witnesses solves the problem? No, you still have a problem with the two witnesses. So Rav Ashi gives a different answer. Ella Amar Rav Ashi. They argue about whether or not the, really the case is where you have a rumor that he's a Chalal, then you have one witness who say he's a qualified Kohen, two witnesses say that he's not, 
then one witness that says that he is. What's the whole argument about? The whole argument is about whether uh, the witness at the end who says that he is a good coin is allowed to combine with the witness at the beginning who also says that he's a coin. Does that work or does that not, not work? Um, and that's the dispute between Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Shemagam Lil. says it doesn't work. It wouldn't work. You cannot combine. Rabbi Shemagam says you could combine. And we find this concept elsewhere. Plucked at the honey tonight. We have the following brysa. The first part of the brysa really has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but we quote the entire brysa for the latter part. Titania. Let's say you have two witnesses who testify about an event. They're only believed if they both testify about the same event, meaning they both come and they say there was a loan which took place on Sunday night. If they both say that, great. So then the borrower owes the lender. Rabbi Shuhah says, no, two witnesses can even combine. If one witness says, I was there at the time of the loan, and the borrower now owes him money, the other witness says that uh, I spoke to the borrower and he told me that he that he already owes the person money from what happened on Sunday night, that he borrowed money, let's say. So those two witnesses could combine. Even though they're not testifying about the same event, they're both testifying about the fact that the borrower owes money to the lender. So Rabbi Shua ben Karcha says that he is believed. According to the first opinion, you're not believed uh, because you're testifying about two different events. According to Rabbi Shua ben Karcha, it's true you're testifying about two different events, but you're testifying all about the same the same money, the same amount. Uh, in the end of the day, it, he's testifying, the second witness is testifying about what he told, what he was told about the lend, the, the, uh, that the lending did actually take place. Anyways, that's not really, that's the beginning part of the Brisa. It's not really connected to what we're discussing. Rather, the ein edusan miskayem is bebezdin, According to the first opinion here, the two witnesses have to come together. They have to come together to testify. Rabbi Nassim says, no, we can listen to one witness today about what he has to say, and then we, the next, his friend, the next witness could come tomorrow, and we'll accept both, we'll put the two together. Even though they don't appear in court together, we will view them as together, uh, and they don't have to come all at the same time. According to the first opinion, they do have to come at the same time. So that is exactly, concludes the Gemara, that's exactly the argument between Rebbe Lazar and Rebbe Gamaliel. According to Rebbe Lazar, they would have to come at the exact same time. If they come at different times, they cannot combine. So the rumor and then one, two, one, that would not work according to Rebbe Lazar. However, according to Rebbe Gamaliel, they could combine. They could in fact combine like Rebbe And the one, two, one, the one and the one are able to combine to make it into a trade. Trade, it's two versus two. And then we will, in the case of two versus two, we will follow the Chazaka. Again, the status quo of either the father or of the son, uh, based on the testimony of the first initial witness, uh, will follow the status quo to assume that he is a full-fledged Kohen. Okay, this concludes the Gemara. Uh, we're now in Chavav, base 26b2 in the middle, uh, beginning a new Mishnah in the next recording.